now you're you dropped in New York. You have, I guess, some structure because you have classes every day. You're in um, Manhattan. Yeah. Um, should we? So then you were in. Is it a four year degree? Yeah. So you finished the four year degree. At that point, are you? What do you want to do? Or do you want to be an actor? You're also musically talented. So what did you want to do at that point? My trajectory when I got here it changed greatly. Um, because of finances. So I never finished that um, degree. Okay. And I just kind of got sent into this whirlwind of like living in New York. And then I was, so w- the first week, maybe the first month that I got here, my roommate happened to be a piano player, right? And I've, I'd always wanted to play piano, but I'd not really had any training um, ever. And so I ordered myself I sold this computer that I had that was like really shitty, and I bought myself a digital piano that came from some God no the website doesn't even exist anymore. Uh-huh. And I started writing music in the room with him, and um, you know he was always very supportive, and you know we're still friends to this day. Um, but because of like all sorts of chaos, like because I came to New York and everything was basically I paid for everything. Yeah. Um, and did you have loans? So so I. <laughs> So it's – I won't go too far into that because yeah. uh, there's, like – it's really controversial. But okay. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Were you flipping houses right no. before the yeah. – No, like basically I could I, – I, re- I ran out of money and I, I had all these different jobs that I was doing. And um, I ran out of money and I kept telling NYU, oh, don't worry. There's a check coming in the mail, yeah. you know. And there was no check ever because my – one, my mom had just passed, yeah. and two, I didn't know my, you know, I didn't hadn't seen my dad in years, okay. and um, so after the first year, I was like, what am I doing? And that kind of catapulted me into the nightlife, okay, into the underground scene, and um, then I started traveling, and I moved to Europe, um, I moved to uh, Spain, okay, um, and that kind of opened my mind okay. to a whole new possibility of life. You know, and you it don't was want to say what you were doing, huh? Were you dancing? No, um, no, I was just there. I enrolled into this this school, yeah, um, in Salamanca, and I made these new friends, and I started writing a lot more, yeah. Um, so, but the NYU was like, you gotta go kick rocks. Yeah, well, it was like I didn't, I didn't get kicked out, but I just like it just wasn't feasible for me. Yeah, I couldn't come up with this money. Yeah, you know what? Uh, some how far were you into it? And like, um, so I finished that first year and I couldn't like figure out what, I couldn't figure out where to come up with like, you know, what was it like 40 or $50,000, something like that. So for me, it was, it felt like a great defeat at the time. Um, and I think it when you know, if you're a person who is on a trajectory, um, that is, is in line with everyone else. And then you're not on that anymore. It really kind of destroys your self-worth okay. or it can, yeah. you know, because it's like, well, this is what life is expected of me. Mm. I was supposed to be doing this. Yeah. And now here I am floating, yeah. you know, and it took me a, quite a few years to really move out of that. And my, f- you know, my music project, when music really kicked in and I was auditioning also when I got back from Europe for lots of, uh, you know, for movies and TV shows and stuff like that. And I was doing um, pretty well 
um, I was just having a problem booking. Like okay. it would get down to me and another person. And they were always giving me these notes like, uh, oh, well, you're a little soft. And all these like coded words for mm. gay, okay. right? And, oh, you're not Latin enough. You're not white enough. Mm. You're not this enough. And the industry was really in – it wasn't what it is now. No, right now, more, yeah. people want multicultural. They want queer. They want like all of these things. Mm. They, then, you know, it it was not for me. You know, I couldn't like get my foot in to the right places, you know, and I was doing all the right things. It just – and it started to eat at my mind. But music kind of came in there. And I said, well, I can't do both. It's too much. Um, so I'm just going to pursue music. Okay. And that kind of like saved me in a lot of ways because it gave me a, it gave me a space to say I can be who I want to be and on my own terms. And simultaneously, I was playing in these clubs with drag queens and with nightlife performers who were really going above and beyond yeah. with performances. And for me, in order to keep up with that, I had to match their energy okay. and their personas and their, their, their level of, you know, just craziness and wildness. And it opened up a huge part of me as a performer and as a, as an artist. Um, and I really do give them a lot of credit right. for, so when you, how long did you go to Spain to this other school? And is that when the music kind of took over? So I was in or Spain to, yeah. and then um, I left. I came back because I ran out of money. And then I and I ended up going to Paris and I was enrolled into an acting school there. Um, and it was just not what I – it was just not the right city for me. Okay. And it wasn't the – it just wasn't the right environment. So after – I was supposed to be there for two years and after like five months – I was like, you know, this just really isn't for me. So I went back to Spain. I lived there. And then I came back. Um, and that's when I – and I, the whole time I was – I brought my giant piano that I still have okay. everywhere I went. And oh, I was really? writing. Okay. It wasn't until I got back that I really started to play, you okay. know, out in, in clubs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like, a, you know, it was a – Anybody who gets on stage, because I've always been performing, I've always been acting, whatever, but it's different when you're uh, a singer-songwriter, you know, and that's what I was doing at the time. I was just playing the piano and singing, and it was playing shitty bar after shitty bar. <laughs> but what, what's, the, what's the biggest difference, or what is the difference that people don't realize from playing? You said it's different when you're a singer-songwriter. Well, yeah, because um, I think... When you're in a band, there's this camaraderie, right? Okay. You have this like group yeah. kind of like coming together and there's lots of bands that you can become friends with and whatever. But when you're a singer-songwriter, you're really doing it all by yourself. Okay. And you're going on stage by yourself. You're traveling to shows. You're going to – doing all these things by yourself, which is very um, – it's challenging at first. But then once you're able to do that, you can really do anything okay. because you don't have to rely on other people. But um, I had this one show, I remember, and I was like – it was one of my early shows in the Lower East Side. And I'm like giving my heart out on stage, and there's this woman in front of me, and the only person in the audience. And I would love to say that's the only time that's happened, but that's <laughs> – <laughs> 
so I'm like, you know what? This woman is, I'm going to give her everything, everything I got. I got. Yeah. And she's eating a cheeseburger. Okay, I'm not kidding you. She ate this cheeseburger for all of my songs. Okay, uh-huh. and I was not an edited <laughs> person then. So I, w- I was doing like 10, 12 songs. Yeah. And you just don't do that for an audience you don't know. Yeah. Right? I wouldn't do that now. Yeah. But um, this, I was like, I'm just going to keep going. She's still there, so I'm going to keep playing. Yeah. And afterwards... She wipes her face off. She, you know, I'm passing by and she's like, excuse me. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, so, you, you know, I really like your show. You did a great job. Um, I just have one note for you. And I was like, what's that? And she's like, you got to learn your lyrics. And I was like, what, what do you mean? What? Do you mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I said, I do know my lyrics. And she goes, no, you don't. I saw you reading off a sheet up there. And I was like, that's my, that's my track list. That's my lineup. And she goes, no, it's not. Those are your lyrics. And I, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> so I said to her, you know what? You are absolutely right. I will take that note. Oh my you know, goodness. she's just chilling, eating a cheeseburger. What, like, what is, the, what place is this? What venue is this? Who's the promoter? I think it was called promoter. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, I think it was called. I don't. I don't it's know. It's going now. I yeah. I'm sure all those places. In it Lower was City. deep in Lower East Side. Like yeah. It like was Alphabet It was City like in um, Delancey. Delancey. Like right at the bridge. Right at the bridge. Okay. Yeah. How did you find that show? I don't know. Like were you were you walking the streets? What were you? What was it? Friends of friends? Like it was. Pr- it was probably something like that, or for it was Craigslist or something Craigslist. like. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause I've always been a really internet person. Yeah. And. I've never been afraid of the internet, of, like, seeing people or taking Mm -hmm. risks or showing up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember, like, people – they were – yeah, it was just, like, very – it probably wasn't the right place for me to be playing at all. And they just – because for people who don't know about bookers, you know, there's, like, there's, like, real bookers and then there's, like, low-end shit bookers, right? And they just have to – they they book all these bands and they expect the bands to show up to the club and fill the space right okay. on their off nights. So then they take random people for like Tuesdays and, okay. and and Mondays to like try to bring people in. But like the booker booker doesn't show up. Nobody's there except for the bartender and the shows you, yeah. and, and the performers usually. Okay. You know, I haven't really had to deal with that in a long time. But yeah. in the beginning, oh my yeah, it was a lot oh of that. Would so, how do you? Make sure that that doesn't affect you. I mean, like you, you've gone through this whole journey. You get back to New York, then there's some woman who's eating a cheeseburger and just judging you for how do. What is the mindset that you have to have when you? The mindset is, um, be appreciative that you had somebody in the audience, um, because you never know if that person would follow. Can you know? You get people. I've had people follow me years right and maybe in and they come people follow you in different capacities some show up to the to your shows and some just watch your youtube videos or listen to your mm-hmm. um listen to you on spotify or whatever so any chance to engage with an, with somebody is a is a good opportunity and you always have to look at it that way and people are going to say weird things to you but when you know when you're when you're green you know you might let it affect your mind, but once you've heard enough of criticism, you can really weed out, like, is this person talking to me, or is this person 
just letting out a frustration and I just happen to be that thing that's there, yeah. you know, um, because I've had, that's not even, I've had crazy, way crazier things said to me. 